0: Uh, Ephesians, the fourth chapter. If you haven't been with us, uh, this is our third uh, evening, uh, and we're on this same passage in Ephesians 4, and I believe it is at the direction of the Lord. And he is talking in verse 7, Ephesians 4, 7. He said, unto every one of us is given grace. Thank God for grace. Grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. Grace is is a gift. Everything that God has given us is grace. Uh, It's one of the biggest words in the Bible. And you've got to watch about limiting that word and a number of words. Uh, One of the things that is the grace of God is the help of God his help. And his help covers every area. I know the Lord spoke to my heart a number of years ago. He said, uh, to my, my heart, he said, I'm helping you, Keith, more than you know. <laughs> How many believe that's true about you? I'm, I'm helping you more, than you more than you're aware of, more than you know. You know, when you when you do something and it goes smooth and well and a great outcome and there were no problems or very little stuff to even deal with, you had help. <laughs> Come on, y'all, y'all Y'all know what I'm talking You had help and you want to remember that and you want to acknowledge that. Well, that's what he's talking about. Uh, unto every one of us, say out loud, every one of us every is given grace, grace according to the measure of the, gift of, of the gift of Christ. Then he talks about gifts that had been given in uh, ministry gifts. And, and God, he's just the biggest giver that there's ever been. Mm-hmm. And he delights in showing mercy. Do you want to make God happy? Yes. Let him give you things. Let him, I'm telling you, let, it makes him happy. Let him bless you. Let him minister grace and gifts and favor, and the list goes on and on and on. Makes him happy. Well, he's a father, right? And and good parents enjoy seeing their children enjoy good things. And so... uh, He talks about the gifts that he's given, ministry gifts. He gave, verse 11, some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers. And he tells why he gave them. These ministry gifts are given for the perfecting of the saints. That's every born-again believer is called a saint. You'll hear people say, well, you know, I'm I'm no saint. Well, then you need to get saved. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, I'm no angel. We know that. Uh, that would be a demotion. Huh? The, the Bible says angels are to minister for those who are heirs of salvation. Uh, no, I, to be a saint means a holy one. A holy one. And, and people have the same idea. Well, I, you know, I don't, I don't feel very holy. I know I hadn't always acted all that holy. Uh, you still don't understand. It's not your actions that have made you holy. It's his actions that made you holy. Uh, of Christ, you have been made of him. Sanctification, redemption, wisdom. Somebody say, I have been made, I have been made righteous. righteous. I have been made, have been made clean. I have been made made holy. Holy. I've been made made a saint. saint. Try try that out, Saint Betty, (laughs) Saint John, Saint, huh? Saint Susie. (laughs) No, don't don't use it as a title. (laughs) But. You you are a saint. Elsewise, all these wonderful letters, they start out saying to the saints at Rome, then if you're not a saint, I guess you should just flip skip that and try to find something else. (laughs) No, it's written to you. Come on, say it another time. I have been made holy. It's not something you earn and something you 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 work up to attain. Now you are to live holily and to do holy things. Uh, But uh, you have already been made acceptable to God by the sacrifice of Jesus. And he goes on to say, for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Other translations say that these gifts were given for the equipping of the saints for the work of service to the building up of the body of Christ. God's word translation says these gifts: apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher. Their purpose is to prepare God's people to serve. Everybody say, "Prepare God's people prepare. to serve." Are you God's people? Yes. Then are you supposed to serve in some capacity? Yes. Hmm? yes. Did I read the scripture right? Uh, The New Century Version says Christ gave those gifts to prepare God's holy people for the work of serving. Now in the King James Bible, the word ministry is the same word serve most of the time. And um, uh, modern usage has change the word minister ministry a little bit because when when people hear minister ministry they think preachers and that's a a percentage wise small portion of what the lord is talking about in the scripture and so to me, I, I made an adjustment when the Lord began to show me some of this, some of the, what I'm talking to you about now is that 20 years ago when we started the church in Branson, I, I saw I needed to stop using the word ministry so much and start using the word service, serve, service, because, you know, lang, language changes as the years go by. And, um, What we're reading is uh, something that was written in Greek and then English and then a translation and then language has changed in the last few hundred years. But thank God we got the author of the book living inside us and if you listen to him, he'll quicken to you how you're to understand it and wonderfully, he speaks your language. Slang and all. He knows exactly what a word means to you and he will use the phrase and the word that conveys the thoughts of God. Cuz it's the thoughts that that are the big deal and those spoken thoughts and these words they could be in a you know 50 different languages they're containers of the thoughts, That's good. and the word is only good if it conveys the right That's good. thought. That's good. So um, the word you choose, I'm, I'm trying to say. So he said these gifts were given to equip and prepare God's people for service. Hallelujah. Prepared for service. You know, we, we quote sometimes uh, the scripture over, you know, that, that Joshua said, as for me and my house, we will what? We will serve the Lord. You, you'll hear that uh, a lot of different groups of church-going people are familiar with that. Uh, and it, it is a good thing to say. As And what, what he was saying the prior in that verse, he said, he was challenging the people, he said, Choose who you're going to serve. That's what he was saying. It was it was an an issue because a lot of the people had got caught up in the gods of Egypt, and they were still hauling around their idols from that. And then they were introduced to a bunch of new gods from Canaan. And so he's saying you need to make up your mind. Choose who you're going to serve. And then he made some other phrases. Then he said, as for me and my house, we've already made up our mind. We're going to serve the Lord. Do you like that? Do you choose that? Go ahead and say that out loud. As for me me, and my house, house, we will serve the Lord. Lord. Some years ago, THE LORD BROUGHT THAT TO ME AND ASKED ME A QUESTION. DID YOU KNOW THE LORD WILL ASK YOU QUESTIONS? Yeah. NOT BECAUSE HE DOESN'T KNOW THE ANSWER. <laughs> YOU KNOW, ONE TIME JESUS, at THAT BIG CROWD OUT THERE, HE TURNED TO PHILIP AND SAID, WHERE ARE WE GOING TO GET FOOD TO FEED ALL THESE PEOPLE? AND THEN IT SAID HE HIMSELF KNEW WHAT HE WAS GOING TO DO. SO WHY DID HE ASK THE QUESTION? What's he looking for? He's looking for a faith response because these, these guys have been hanging with him for a while now and they've, been, they've seen a lot and they've heard a lot. He doesn't expect him to go, let, wait, let me, let me see, let me see. Okay, okay. Ooh, there's a boy here. He's got a little lunch. You're gonna take it. You're gonna pray. No, he didn't expect him to know all that. He did expect a faith response out of him. And so he'll ask you a question. So he asked me that, a question. He said, how do uh, people serve me? How do you serve God? And um, uh, also with that, another time he had asked me, how do you put God first? Because almost everybody, church-going people, agree. I mean, it'd be hard to find a church-going person that had any degree of seriousness about God that would disagree that you should serve God and that you should put God first. Oh, y'all are too quiet. Uh, (laughs) You think I'm trying to set you up? (laughs) Well, things are true or they're not, right? Right. They're right or they're not. And you got the Holy Spirit. you got a Bible. You can judge everything we're talking about tonight. And, um, uh, but are those some big questions that you should be clear on what the answer is? How do you do that? How do you serve God? And then, uh, I, so I, I pondered that. I thought about that. Uh, over, over a period of days. And, and I thought, well, you know, people, uh, many people think coming to church uh, or maybe once in a while telling somebody about the Lord, uh, trying to live a pretty good life, that's serving God. But when you examine some of that, um. Being ready to tell somebody else that the Lord is real to you and about what he's done for you, that's not service per se. That's being a witness. Are y'all with me or not? That's you being a witness. You were there when you got born again. So nobody can tell you you didn't get born again. You were there. Is that right? So you are an eyewitness to it. Now, what I'm going to talk about, the Bible said you'll receive power after the Holy Spirit has come on you, and you will what? Not just go a-witnessing, you will be a witness. That's something you are. 24-7, everywhere you go, everything you do, you, you... acknowledge God, you're not ashamed of him. If anybody wants to know, you'll tell them what he's done for you. Amen. You don't have to know a bunch of scriptures. You don't have to try to preach to somebody or teach them a lesson. Being a witness just means you're not ashamed of him. Amen. And when opportunities present themselves, maybe somebody's going through a hard time with their finances, and if they want to know, you can say, hey, I had an issue financially, and let me tell you what the Lord did for me. And if folks can't say, well, that ain't real. Hey, I was there. I was there when the money came in and I paid my bill. You can't, you can't tell me, right? And, and that's, you are uniquely qualified to be the witness of God's work in your life. But is that exactly Service. Service which is also the word translated ministry. And then a whole lot of people equate service with going to church. Well, I go to church, we, you know, we, we, uh, we go ahead and wake up on Sunday morning and, and go serving God. Actually, no, that's you being served song ministers, and music ministers minister to you, and your preachers minister to you. <laughs> right? So there is some misconception about serving God. Uh, look with me, if you would, in the book of Acts. Are you okay? Do you have, you got time for this? It's nice and comfy in here. (laughs) Cold and snowy outside. We might as well, we're here, right? We might as well enjoy. And we got a lot of people joining us uh, online. Aren't we thankful for these uh, tools that we have today? A lot of people, crowds a lot bigger than you see. A lot of people are with us. In Acts, the sixth chapter, notice, please, the use of this word. Acts chapter six in verse one, it said in those days when the number of the disciples was multiplied, there arose a murmuring of the Grecians against the Hebrews because their widows were neglected in the daily what? Ministration. Ministration. Now, the, that's a King James word. We'd say you could shorten it to Ministry. It's still like the daily ministry. What what kind of ministry is he talking about here? Meals on wheels. (laughs) That's not that far off, is it? I mean, what was it? They were delivering meals to people and it's called ministry. Are y'all with me? Yes, sir. And uh, then when they said, verse two, the 12 called the multitude of the disciples together and they said, it's not reason that we should leave the word of God and serve. Did you hear that? Yes. Serve tables. And if you look up the word that's translated ministry in so many of the places in the New Testament, It's this word that's translated serve like serving a table. Just like being a waiter on somebody. You are serving them or you are ministering to them. The word can also be translated attending. Did you hear that word? Attending. Before your waiter can help you, they have to show up. (laughs) before they can minister to you and help you out with your hungry condition (laughs) they have to attend your table the area area where you are they have to show up and you know that is a big part of ministry showing up isn't it? It, it is a big part of ministry, you know, like, like this meeting that we're having. And we have meetings, you know, at our churches and, and other things. And, and man, you, I've seen it over and over. And I've heard the, the testimonies and heard the reports over and over again. The challenges that people had when it came time to come. This came up. That came up. This had to be checked up. That had to be checked on. And they had multiple reasons why it wasn't a good time to go and attend this meeting and and go and do this. And what they don't realize is if you can be deterred from, from something of the Lord's things you're supposed to be a part of, the enemy will see to it that enough disruption comes your way so you don't go. And you got to make up your mind. If the Lord said go, we going. Huh? If the Lord said do it, whatever it takes, we're going to spend the time, make the effort, we're going to do it. And, and whatever kind of ministry you're talking about, a big part of it is just showing up. Just, you know, these bodies. (laughs) There's no such thing as a perfect human body. Mm -mm. Because of the curse that's in the earth. Even a baby that's born, they say, well, the baby's perfect. Praise God, but if you examine closely, if you look under, you know, some magnification, arms a little bit longer, eyes a little bit smaller. And, but that, you know, wh- wh- what we call perfect is good working condition. <laughs> <laughs> Everything works. <laughs> and that'll get you through, right? <laughs> and thank God for healing, because you're gonna need it over and over again. But you've got to set your face to do what the Lord directs you to do. And this includes your service to him. The Bible said, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Talking about proving what's the perfect will of God. And that previous verse talked about, you know, presenting your bodies a living sacrifice which is your reasonable service service or or worship or ministry, Uh, everything we have, including our time, our strength, our mentality, our resources, everything, if we believe the Bible, is first and foremost for his use and his service because we wouldn't even exist without him. And we wouldn't have the strength or brightness of mind to get out of bed or or do anything. And what many have not understood, you don't have to be a preacher to be of divine service. Oh, come on, did you hear that word? To be of divine, anointed, God-graced service to the body of Christ. Amen. I want you to get rid of a word describing certain things in your life. It's this word, just. Thank you. J-U-S-T. Wow. I'm just of yeah. this. Yeah. I'm just of that. Yeah. I'm only of this. Uh, I, years ago, I, I was, came to do a, a meeting and uh, I came in the back to the back room, and there was a young man standing over in the corner, and he didn't he didn't say anything or bother me. Every time I looked over, to him, he just smiled real big and <laughs> nodded his head, and I smiled back. And next night I came in, he was there again, and and so uh, about the second or third night, uh, I got over close to him. He said, uh, he looked around. He said, "You been to the bathroom yet?" <laughs> <laughs> I said uh, yeah I, I just went I just in there he said was well, it okay I said oh man it's nice he said I, I, that's my job <laughs> he said I'm, I'm, I'm over it is it okay I said it's tops it's clean it's nice <laughs> he said alright thank you back back in the corner and, and, uh, and man the spirit of God quickened my spirit He said, I'm pleased with that. I'm pleased with that. And that's supposed to be all over the church. All over the church. And people doing things, not just because they need to be done, but doing things as unto the Lord. Yeah, I'm sorry, I left out something. He said, he, he, he didn't say it that way. He said, that's my ministry. That's my ministry, is what he said. That's my ministry. Well, what did he just say? That's my service. And was it providing a service? Yeah, it was being taken care of. And, and, and notice what here, when some of the things were not being taken care of, the leaders were saying, hey, it's falling on us to do this, and it's not reasonable that we should uh, uh, leave the Word of God because uh, that was their service in ministry to wait the tables which, uh, and, and here's the thing, in church after church, you got a handful of people trying to do everything, and all these other folks doing what? How do you serve the Lord? We need to distinguish between being served and serving. Can you say amen? Amen. Do do you want to be of service to the Lord? Well, uh, he doesn't need the throne room cleaned. (laughs) That's not an issue there. He doesn't need any money there he didn't need thing after thing but his people down here do yes. and he said in as much as you've done it unto the least of these my brethren you what you, what? Yes. you did it to me he takes it personally when you do something that did genuinely helps somehow a fellow believer a child of his that is ministry. That is service. Divine service. In this passage here in, in Acts 6, in the fourth verse, he said, uh, well, verse 3, let me not skip that. Brethren, look out among you seven men of honest report, full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom, whom we may appoint over this business. What business? Yes, Meals on wheels. Is that right? What business? Meal distribution. Meal distribution. And uh, then verse 4, what do they say? But we, these are the leaders there, we will give ourselves to what? Prayer. To prayer and what? Ministries. What? Ministries. Exactly, that word is exactly the same word that was used earlier daily ministration. God uses the same word talking about uh, serving meals, ministry, as he does serving the word of God, mm-hmm. ministry. Wow. It's the same word. Mm-hmm. Somebody say same word. Same, same word. Same word. Wow, that's good. Same word. Mm-hmm. One of the big mistakes that people have made, and, and that's what we talked about this earlier, uh, first night in this meeting, Uh, how when we started our church in in Branson there um, the Lord began to deal with me about this passage in Ephesians 4 and and revealing to me that the model of church that many had adopted was wrong And, and helping me to see that passage that the gifts were given not to do all the work but the gifts were given to equip and minister to the saints so they could do the work of the ministry so that the entire body could be built up. That, that was always the plan. But the enemy uh, fooled some people on some things. I mean, we're talking centuries ago now. And, and people have just continued that same thing when their idea of ministry is preachers. Our associates, or maybe some immediate staff that help them directly, but a handful of people can never do all the work of the ministry. And then the enemy has managed to demean people in their, their hearts and minds about who they are and what they are, well, I'm, I'm not a minister. I'm just a uh, mechanic. I'm just a stay-at-home mom. I'm just a you know, uh, plumber. I'm just uh, this. Wrong. So wrong. If you're a believer and you give yourself to him and he directs you then your very profession, you are representing him in that part of the world. Yeah, oh, come on! Are you with me or not? Amen. Wow, that's good. And that's good. what you do in that, you, you you're not to look at your job and profession as your source. That's right. Mm-mm. If you do, you will limit yourself and your family severely. People say, well, you don't know I make good money. Not that good you don't. <laughs> Nobody makes that good. What do you mean? What if I'm a multi-billionaire? I'm not just talking about money. Some of the most important things, money cannot buy. God is your source. Hallelujah. God is your source. And uh, you, you don't look at your job as, you know, I'm 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 making a living. Mm -mm. You want to get rid of that terminology. Uh, Are you supposed to be in that job? That you don't just take it and do it because it's the first thing you came across. And if you're not sure, don't just bump along in the dark. Pray, seek God, pray in the spirit until you get this settled. This is important. It's very important. Where you live, where you go to church, where you work, uh, you know, just picking something out of a hat is not okay. People had the idea, well, you know, it couldn't happen if it's not the will of God, so I'll just go and I'll try this and I'll try that and we'll see if it works, it must have been God. If it didn't work, well, it must not have been God. No, no, thats you're an intelligent being, you have a mind, you can think. God wants to communicate with you and let you know something. You're supposed to pray and seek and ask him and he will let you know. No, no, that's not it. No, that's not it. Okay, well, keep looking. And then you will find your place. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Go back to go back to Ephesians. Oh, somebody say, "Thank thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Go back to Ephesians. This passage tells us that this part that we talked about in verse 12 is shown in even more detail in the 16th verse. He said, Verse 13, we'll read, said, till we all come in the unity of the faith and knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, the measure of the stature the fullness of Christ that's growing up in him, that we henceforth be no more uh, children tossed to and fro, carried about with every wind of doctrine. Verse 15, speaking the truth in love may grow up into him. Verse 16, from whom the whole body fitly, look at that next phrase, joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplies. That's, that's King James, but he's talking about the, the comparison with the human body and how it works. And actually the word ligament is used and joints if you read other translations. Well, how are you joined together? Why don't you fall apart? (laughs) How do you stay together physically? Your body is joined. It has joinings, ligaments, and joints. And that keeps everything in place and everything to where it can work. Well, you are the body of Christ and members in particular. And God has said everyone in the body as it has pleased him. Hmm? And one thing we, we, we must observe and show honor and respect to is the joinings of God. There is God joined and there is man joined. And they are not the same. Do you remember that the scripture said, Jesus said, talking about husbands and wives, for this cause, man will leave his mother and father and be joined to his wife, and they two shall be one flesh. Therefore, what God has joined together, let not man Put asunder or separate. Say that out loud. What God has joined together. Don't let any man separate or tear apart. Now he didn't just say, and and all the word of God is like this. You got got to pay attention because there's always more there than you saw. He didn't just say, and every husband and wife that God joined, don't let anybody separate. He, he opened it all the way up then and said, whatever God has joined together, let no one sever or separate. God joinings are so important. You know, the Bible said about the, uh, uh, the prodigal son, you remember that uh, took his inheritance early, And he ran off and blew it all on riotous living. And then just about time he ran out of money, uh, there was a famine in the land. And and notice what it said to happen. He's out of friends. He's out of money. He's away from home. It says he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country. And the next thing you know, he's out there by the pig trough, still hungry, I mean the the food for the pigs is looking pretty good to him. That's what uh, unhooking, see he left Father's house when he shouldn't have left father's house. That's what getting out of what God joined you to, and then joining yourself to something God never never joined you to, it will bring you low. I heard one, one older preacher years ago. He was preaching on this thing about the, the prodigal son. He said, and he got out there, and he and he said he he sold his this and 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 then he spent that money and and then he sold his uh, coat and then he uh, he spent that money and he sold his shoes and spent. The, I mean, he was working them. And he said <laughs> he said and then and then he he took off his shirt and sold it and he came to himself. <laughs> Well, he got in a bad way before he had the epiphany. The Rev. He stood up from that stinky pig slop and he said, What am I doing out here? Came to himself. See, he wasn't in a right state of mind earlier, he wasn't thinking right. He he, he said, My. uh, Uh, The people that work for my dad, they they eat good and they got a place to stay. What am I doing out here? I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to go home. Oh, how many people need to come home? Oh, man, it's all over the world. People need to come home. Why, Why am I talking about this? The enemy is the thief. He is the slanderer. He is the accuser of the brethren and one of the things that he works on all the time is tearing apart what God has joined. Whether it's a, a man and a woman, whether it's uh, you joined in a family, whether it's joined to a group of believers, a family, a church family, a ministry, whatever it is, there are uh points in your life where you were looking for something and you prayed about it and you sought it and God got you there. And when you, when you had a connection with it, something went off inside you. It was bigger than natural. You knew you had found something you were looking for. What you just discovered was a God-joining Come on, are you out with me or not? A God joining. You just discovered something that God had prepared for you before you were born. And these things, child of God, are so vital. They are so important. And you see, because of people being immature and because of people being babies, I have seen it too many times. Even, you know, with us, we, we have churches, and so pe- I've seen many times that people have come, and, and they said, oh man, when I drove on the um, the, the parking lot, I, I just knew, before they even got in the building, this is it. This is it. They, they went inside, they they heard the singing, got revelation, they got answers, and they thought, this is it. This is it. And, and they sent word to Phyllis and I, we're with you. We're hooked. We're hooked. And we think, We hope so. (laughs) What do you mean? Well, we've been around a little while. And and we know how the enemy is. Hmm? And sadly, too many times, a few months later, year or two later, something happened they didn't like, something happened they didn't understand, and they leave. And what they don't realize is they did this from what God had joined. And go over here, and and this is sad. I have seen people go and try to join themselves to this, and it didn't work. And so a year or two later, they go over here and try to join themselves to this, and it didn't work. See, man joined. They're, trying to, they're joining their self to things, even other people trying to lure them, come join us. And then sometimes wake up 30, 40 years later. Un, that's why so many people are so unhappy, they are so unfulfilled, and they say, well, it just seems like there's more. You know why it seems like there's more? Because there's more. because you're not where you're supposed to be. You're not doing what you're supposed to be doing. When you've got this this continual dissatisfaction in your spirit, it's because you didn't listen somewhere. Because you changed something. He didn't tell you to change. So folks have been led into something with a God joining, but then they took themselves out with an offense. And when you do that, then you're not in your area of service either. Your service matters. I, you know, we talked to pastors and, we, we endeavor to minister and help other ministers. And I just hear it continually. Oh, we need a song leader. Oh, we need people to help us in the parking lot. Oh, we need children's workers. Oh, we need this. How do you get people to help? How do you get people to help? I've heard it a thousand times. How do you get people to help? People not helping is not the problem. Why don't people want to help? Why don't they see the value, not the need. And as leaders, if we beg people to help, we're misrepresenting God. Because it is a privilege to do anything with the Lord's things. Didn't the psalmist say, I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of the Lord than to dwell in the penthouse, (laughs) tents of wickedness, whatever. It's a privilege. Like what that young man said, that's my ministry. He didn't say, I'm just a janitor. Why? Well, you got janitorial and then you got working on the Lord's bathroom. That's another level. Come on, y'all with me? (laughs) You got waving flashlights in the parking lot. Hmm? And then you got working in the Lord's parking lot. Come on, can you see this? Because when you realize what you're doing and your place and the value of it and that you've been graced, And anointed, not just to slog through and do something physical, but your presence affects the environment. Your faith affects, and your presence affects. People can drive in for the first time, you know, maybe coming in the parking lot or something, and see your face and see your smile, and it's not perfunctory is the word. It's not just doing something. It has a spiritual substance to it. It actually, how many know a look can express love and minister comfort? A look can say, I'm glad you're here. A look can say, you're going to be blessed today. Is that right? And then there are times when you just open your mouth and, and say it. We mentioned, you know, that the Lord directed me and directed Phyllis and I to have service teams, which is another way to say ministry teams. And I I mentioned some of them, and I know y'all have ministry teams here too. But I wanted to take time to just uh, go over a few of them. I don't know when I've ever done this on the road, but are we talking about the same thing? And and every church is different, but I'm just I'm just. Saying for instance, and and some we we had only a few of these when we first started, but now the Branson Church is 20 years old, and and so you you add things. Now, a team should not be started just because somebody wants to start a team or because somebody said, well, there's a need for that. No, no, we're talking about the ministry of the Lord. These things need to be done by the direction of the Spirit. We've got an altar care team. We've got an aviation team. We got a children's team. Got a clean team. Got a communion team. You know they put the plates together with the. Uh, got a duplication team. They make CDs, DVDs, downloads. Got a faith school team. anybody ever seen faith school? Yeah. Well, there's a lot of people working behind those cameras. There's people upstairs in the sound booth and all that kind. I mean, you, you see me waving my hand and talking scriptures, but there's a lot of stuff behind me, and I can't do it without them. And everybody that gets helped in faith school, they got a part of it. Is that right? Every deliverance, every healing, every help. There's a flower team. What's their name? best buds or whatever pedal pals that's Sarasota yeah they got these fancy names I like it pedal pals and um, there's a greeter team there's a grounds team healing class team hospitality team and part of that is washing dishes which I appreciate That I don't have to get through preaching and go back to the sink. (laughs) I thank God for it. And I've been back there several times after what we're doing, we're having a meeting or something and guests back and fellow ministers are ministering to them and I go back and these guys, I mean, it's 11 o'clock at night and they got a pile of dishes like this and, and of course we believe God for big sinks and good powerful sprayers and all that kind of stuff but they're smiling, they're praising God, they're rejoicing Why? Because I'm not just a dishwasher. I'm the Lord's. Well, I don't know if you heard that or not. I, I am the Lord's dishwasher. Well, that makes you somebody. And then the Bible says, whatever you do, do it from the heart. Do it as unto the Lord not just with eye service or or as men pleasers, because when you do that, he went on to say, and whatever you do, you'll receive a reward. You'll receive a reward. Whatever good thing any man does. Did you hear how broad that is? Whatever good thing. He's not just talking about preaching and teaching and praying and prophesying. Whatever good thing any man, woman does, the same you'll receive of the Lord. You'll receive a reward. We got a... uh, Information counter team. We've got an internet internet team. Got a lighting team. Praise and worship team. Uh, parking team, lot team. Screen team. As you know, these, these things here. We got a steam team. <laughs> What's that? They steam the uniforms wow. of the ushers wow. and other things. Make them look nice. Get the wrinkles out of them. Steve, Steam Team. I'm sure they got a, a name, better name than that, but uh, sound team, uh, TV team, internet team. Uh, did I say Usher? No, Usher team, visitor welcome team, word supply team, word sender team, photography team, prison team, transportation team, translation team, senior van team. Now, if you fill all of those teams with people, how many folks you got? <laughs> how many people does it take to do that? And we got staff and we got paid staff, but most of these are people sowing their time. And it's, it's actually worth more as a seed, they're sowing their time and their talent See so we're answering the question, how do you serve the Lord? How do you serve Him? Aren't these different ways of serving Him? And how do you, you, you how do you do it? You've got, you, you got to use your time, you've got to use your graces, you've got to use your, your talents, your treasures and like we said, time, it's a priority thing. You, you, you got to allot time for that. A lot of times they got to get to church early. Now, how many people would it take to do all that? Well, the Lord showed me that, and then he said, and triple it. What do you mean? He said, every one of these, make them three deep in every position, and rotate. Three deep and rotate. What does that mean? Every position, every usher, every children's worker, every sound technician, every... Now We we haven't always done that perfectly. If we don't have it, we're believing for it. And we're reaching for it. But why would you need to do that? Now, we talked about it take a lot of people to do all that. What if you triple them? How many people is that? People say, well, I'd take almost everybody in the church. Exactly. Exactly. Bingo. And if you got every position, at least three deep. Four is better. Five better. What do you mean? That means you have not your duties and your schedule of duty. You're not on every service. You're not on every week, which also means you don't burn out, which also means you're not the only one that gets reward. You're not the only one that develops. See, so we're still talking about how you grow up. So we talked about you can't grow up spiritually just by feeding, just by hearing, and just by reading. You got to exercise, and not just exercise naturally. We're talking about growing up spiritually. So there's got to be spiritual exercise, and all of these service teams provide an opportunity to exercise your time, uh, give God uh, priority time, use your faith, use your um, being led, all of these things you're exercising and you'll be around other people that are different places in their spiritual development and you'll learn from them and these teams take care of their own when somebody on the flower team has an issue, I mean, all the rest of the uh, pedal pals <laughs> are on them, <laughs> supporting them, helping them, praying for When an usher has an issue, I mean, just all the time, we, we hear reports about uh, them buying each other sets of tires and, and tune-ups and, and all this kind of stuff. They got faith for that. They. Can you see, everybody's got their area and everybody's got their thing. And then, you know, maybe you want to take a day off for vacation sometime or or something, you know, you're you're not, everything's not riding on you. And so then when it comes time for you to step in again, uh, you're refreshed. You're actually looking forward to your your duty time. These are not some new concepts. This is how they did it uh, when God set up the worship of the tabernacle and the temple. And this, this is the wisdom of God, this is how He has always function. But the revelation is that not just a handful of ministers, preachers or their immediate staff are to try to do all the work. That can never work. It stifles, it chokes the work. You, you, your leaders get too tired. People, what they call burnout. They want to retire too soon and, and all this stuff. And you got a whole bunch of spiritual kids coming, sitting, eating, getting fat spiritually, but doing nothing, no exercise spiritually, not developing, not serving And this is something we gotta watch about with the internet. You can join remotely, enjoy a service with the weather tonight. Thank God for that. You cannot serve remotely. (laughs) (laughs) Huh? Can you? You got to show up. You got like, like the waiter has to show up at the table before you, you, you got to show up. And sometimes people say, I've had people say to me, well, well, I'll tell you what now, I can be just as good a Christian uh, as you, anybody, bless God, uh, at home, and, and I feel closer to God out in the woods. I've <laughs> people say, Well, I feel close to God on the golf course.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: you can't be a good Christian. Is, is anybody ignoring specific instructions of what the Bible told you to do? And he said, don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together. Didn't he? No, because you can't, you can't serve. See, again, that's obvious. That person's a baby. Because all they're thinking about is me receiving something from the presence of God. That's the scope of their awareness no idea about actually ministering to somebody else, helping them, serving them, causing this thing to develop and grow. Can you say hallelujah? Hallelujah. Or amen, or like Brother Hagin used to say, oh me, or (laughs) (laughs) amen, or oh me. First Corinthians 12, and I think I'm about finished. Oh, thank you, Lord. Somebody say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Have I gone a long time? I had not been keeping up. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Are you available to serve the Lord? How do you? You want to ask yourself that question. How do I serve the Lord? How do I do that? And you want to distinguish between being served, feeding, being personally benefited, or just being a witness. There are opportunities for service. I know in the beginning days of our ministry, uh, Phyllis and I got it, we got it clear in our spirit that we were supposed to go to Ramah. We knew nothing about ministry and not much about the word. Just had begun to learn And so we did, we went, we weren't there two or three months, a couple of months. And I I was going to healing school where brother Hagen taught and I'm sitting there and the spirit of God spoke to me. I didn't know it, but it was my directive for the next 20 years. And I had no idea. I had no idea. Here's what, here's what I got in my spirit. Help brother Hagen. That was it. It was a word from the Lord. Wow. Help Brother Hagen. Well, I sat there uh, in, in my little raggedy jacket. <laughs> we were believing God for everything. And uh, I thought, well, he, he doesn't know I exist. I looked around. The place was full, <laughs> Backed out. And I think they had 200 employees and, and thousands of students. And I thought, well, you know, he don't know I exist. And the Lord reminded me, he said, did I say anything to you about that? Help him. I thought, okay. All right. This is, this is where it all starts. And so by the end of the week, they said they needed people to set up the classroom and uh, set the chairs up and set the chairs down. And you know what I heard? Brother Hagin needs help. He didn't know me. He do not have to know me. He needs help with his chairs. You know what's bigger than that? It was the Lord's chairs. (laughs) Now see, we we know better than this, but there are people, if they acted the way they do on the earth, if the Lord in heaven, on the golden streets, handed them a broom and said, would you sweep my street for me? They'd say, "Uh, that's not my ministry, Lord. (laughs) (laughs) No, you're missing the point. Huh? What's that got to do with anything? The Lord wants something done. It's not about the street or the broom or the chair. The Lord didn't give me a specific limitation. He said, help Brother Hagin. So then they said they wanted somebody that would talk to people after the service, see if they're saved or not, and see if they needed prayer or not. Uh, You know what I heard? (laughs) Brother Hagin needs help. He right? he didn't know I existed. Does he need to? So my hand went up, and next thing you know, I'm, I'm over there, and, and I'm uh, uh, learning. Because the second week, a guy just ripped into me and told me how that being filled with the Spirit speaking in tongues wasn't even of God. And I was like, whoa. Whoa. <laughs> This is how you develop. Oh, I don't know if you're listening or not. I could not minister to you like I'm ministering to you this week if I hadn't learned some of those things. Oh, come on now, with me or not? 40 years ago, I had to. fight. You know, I, that bothered me. That shook me. What does that show? I'm a baby. That's so good. Jeez. And I didn't know. He, he threw some scriptures at me. And I'm like, yeah, that's in there. (laughs) And I couldn't answer him. (laughs) But with the Lord's help, I found the answer. Hallelujah. And then I was ready next time any of that came up. And then they said, we need help. People, you know, calling on the phones to, to pray with people and and uh, you know what I heard? <laughs> Brother Hagin needs help. Brother Hagen needs help. And so, you know? And next thing I know, I'm on the phone, people are calling in. And uh, I had a pretty good home life. I mean, I, I, I was raised in a rural area and, and uh, my mom and dad stayed together. It wasn't perfect, but it, it wasn't that bad. And, and some of the stuff people are telling me are happening to them, I didn't know happened in the world. I thought, <laughs> what? You did what? <laughs> they did what? <laughs> And, and then they break down, just crying and heaving, and then I'd reach over and get me some Kleenexes, and I'm going, <laughs> They're saying, I don't know what I'm gonna do, and I'm thinking, I don't know what you're gonna do. You, you, you're, you're in a mess. <laughs> but then I realized, that ain't gonna help them. What's, what's happening? I'm endeavoring to serve, to help. I'm a baby. I can only help so much. But how will I ever develop to where I don't need so much help, but I am help? There is no other way to develop. You can't develop spiritually just by sitting and hearing. Just by reading books, just by making notes. You have to actually get into these places and serve. So and things will come up. So and you'll find out pretty quick, you don't know nearly as much as you thought you did. Yeah. <laughs> come on, y'all, with me? You'll see what I'm talking about. And that went on for year after year after year after year. And they opened the Healing Center in 1982. And they said, we need help. Brother Hagin needs help. 84, 5, 6, 7. They need help teaching in the prayer and healing center. And they asked me. Need help with music. And I couldn't play very good. But Brother Hagin needs help, so I will do what I can. And next thing you know, need help leading music on Wednesday night. And I was. And I did, I'm learning, I'm growing. Come on, can you see this? Yes. And I mean, the years went by. Need help leading healing school. Need help teaching in the Bible school. Here's two courses, three courses, five courses, eight courses. Need help on the road with Brother Hagen. Ooh, didn't happen the first year are the first you all see what I'm talking about I wouldn't Phyllis and I wouldn't have been the help to them if we hadn't done these other places of service and done them well enough to learn and actually help and qualify for even more can you see this church but if you never are available do do you see what, what what I'm doing here what is that what does that mean that means you can't do something else during that time. you got to show up for the time that you committed to. you got to spend. And all of those in the early days, that they were not paid. There was no pay for any of that. But man, the instruction and the development is priceless. Hallelujah. Can you say glory to God? Stand on your feet, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in today. We hope you enjoyed this message. If you need someone to pray with you, there are several ways for you to contact us. Feel free to give us a call at 817-577-0180. You can also contact us through the Legacy Studios app or either of our websites. Giving options are available online at pearsonsministries.com and legacychurch.family. If you prefer, you can also text an offering. Simply text legacy and any dollar amount to the number 28950 and follow the prompts. Be blessed today. We love you. And remember, you are always welcome here in the House of Faith.